Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please send us an email and let us know at impact at jfc.org. Also, if you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at jfc.org. Click on the Give link and help us bring messages just like this one to you every week. Today's message is from our series, The Book of Acts. We will be diving deep into Acts and looking at eyewitness accounts of the Holy Spirit and asking ourselves, can these same miracles happen in our church today? It's going to be an amazing series you won't want to miss. Hello, how is everyone? Good. I am so excited to be up here. It's been a while. I have had a baby since being up here, so I feel like you can applaud me. I feel like that is well worth an applause. It It's really hard work having a baby. Having it and then having it is really hard work. I'll probably be up all night while you all are sleeping and thinking about this great message. I'll be up thinking about my baby. So that's happened in my life, but we just got back from um, Arizona. And going to Arizona makes you want the fall because it is so hot there. And I'm the person that after 80 degrees, I'm done. Like I, I, my brain shuts off. I like can't talk to you. I, I act like I have to go to the hospital. It gets so bad. I'm just like, I, I, and for some reason my parents choose to go to Arizona every summer for our family vacation. Just tried to tell them, let's go to California next year. Disneyland, I can do all that, but that heat has made me ready for fall. So sorry if it rained this week, I prayed for it. It was all, (laughs) it was my fault. But I am so excited to be up here. Um, While we were talking as a teaching team about the different series that are coming up, this is one that I have just been drawn to and one that God has just been stirring inside of me, this book of Acts and the men and women of this time of our early church, what they were doing and the way that they were living their lives. And I have just been so excited to get to teach in this specific series because I believe God didn't just give us those stories for then for us to look back on and go, wow, those were really great people. But I believe that God gives us these stories to encourage our faith for here and now. And that those stories aren't just about what happened back then, but those stories are things that can happen today in our own lives. And that God has just been challenging me, what can I do for the kingdom? What ways can I live out this Acts-filled life And so last week, Pastor John, sometimes I like to call him father or dad, he started this series out for us and did a great job just setting up chapter one and talking about that and talking about the end times and what we have to grab out of scripture for the future and for what we're living in now. And today we're going to be talking about chapters two and three of Acts. 
And these chapters have just been stirring inside of me, and I've read them over and over and over again because I want to begin to live a life like this. I want to begin to have my life reflect the men and women of this time and what they were doing and how they were doing it. And so God has just been speaking to me, and I felt like this message for tonight was, how do we live an Acts-filled life? How do we do this in our own life? Because this Bible that we've been given, this amazing gift is so applicable to us right now. Uh, The questions that we're facing in our world and in our society, the answers and the truth in it are found in this Bible. And these men and women that started what we have today are people we can look at for an example of how we live our lives. So we're going to be digging in to living the axe-filled life. So to do that, to do this, to look like these people of this story, after Jesus has gone away, has ascended into heaven, we're left with this beginning few people, right, that start our early church. And it spreads and it spreads and it spreads. And then we find ourselves sitting in a church like this or maybe listening online or joining in at a campus. And the first thing that we have to do, the first thing that these people did, number one, is They received the Spirit. We must receive the Spirit. In Acts 2, 1 through 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So, here's the thing. When we accept Christ, right? Here's these Christians that are already living a life for Jesus. They've already said, Lord, I commit to you. So when we do that, we get this amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. We have this thing called the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they're a trinity. They're three in one. So when we accept Jesus into our life, we get this amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. Often if you are driving in your car and maybe you're sitting there and and you just hear this whisper, hey, maybe you should take a different route today. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's the Holy Spirit guiding you. Or maybe you're getting your children ready in the morning and you just feel this prompting of, I need to pray specifically for this child, for this situation. And then later you find out that's exactly what that child needed in that day. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. So we have this amazing gift that we get automatically. Here it is. Here's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, your spirit man that communes with God. But here's the other great part about it is we inherit that, but then we also have these encounters or manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So right here in Acts, they saw what seemed to be, if you go to the next slide, the they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that, sep- that separated and came to rest on each 
of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. So we get this filling up of the Holy Spirit. These men are filled up with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. In 1 Corinthians, we find that the Spirit gives us all different types of gifts we, uh, we get to have, whether that's wisdom or the discerning of spirits or prophecy or speaking in tongues or the interpretation of tongues. We have these amazing gifts, but they all come from that one Spirit. And so here we are in the book of Acts, and these men are receiving the Spirit. They're being filled up with the Spirit. And so as I'm preparing for this message, the Lord just begins to speak to me of, are you, are you seeking this out in your own life? Are you praying for these things to begin to happen in your own life, that you would have encounters with the Holy Spirit? And I'm convicted, like, no. No, I'm not praying for this. It's something I desire. It's something I want. I want to prophesy. I want to speak in tongues. But I need to be seeking it out. I need to be pursuing that in my own life, just like these people were in this room. They had come together to worship God, and the Holy Spirit shows up and begins to fill the place up. Before each service that we have at this church, we as pastors get together and we pray for the service. And part of what we pray for, I would say almost every time I've ever been in a prayer is, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way with your people. Have your way with this service. And as I was praying even today for what I was going to be speaking on, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you allow your words to be spoke and not mine? Would you allow what your truth is and not my truth? Because that's what we desire and that's what we should be desiring. When we come to know Jesus we get this gift, but we also should be desiring these encounters with the Holy Spirit. I um, have had different encounters with the Spirit and different times in my own life of, of seeking this and of pursuing this, but about five years ago, there was a time I went to Youth with a Mission, which is a missions-based organization, and so I had three months where I was in Kona, Hawaii, poor me, really rough life there, and every Tuesday we would go into the town or city of Kona, and we would just do outreach. We would just, we would talk to anybody who would allow us to talk to them. If we could stop them, we were stopping them, or it, we would just pray for people. We were doing all these things, but before we went out, into the town, we would get together with probably two to three other people and we'd get into groups and part of our training was really seeking the Holy Spirit and learning to listen to the Holy Spirit and, and deciphering what's me, what's the Spirit. So this was part of my training in this program and so we would pray, Holy Spirit, where do you want us to go? What do you want us to do? And I gotta be honest, I'd get jealous a few times because people would come back and we'd share testimonies. And it was like, I came back and this person's leg is healed, broken leg healed. And I would always be like, why can't I be that person? Like, why am I not having these encounters and getting to share these testimonies and all of this, right? We, want, we desire this. And so I, one night, was praying and I felt the Holy Spirit 
encounter me. And I felt this prompting of, you need to go to McDonald's tonight, which was probably a mile away from campus. And I knew it wasn't me because I absolutely hate McDonald's. Sorry if you like it. Sorry if you ate there on the way to church today. But I hate it. I hate it. So I know, okay, this is the Holy Spirit talking. So I tell my group, hey, we need to go to McDonald's tonight. And they look at me like, are we going to get food? And I'm like, no, we just need to go to McDonald's. That's all I have. So they all walk. We walk a mile to McDonald's. And I walk in, and they're like, what are we doing here? And I go, I don't know. We're going to find out. And then I hear the Holy Spirit again talk to me. And there's this man sitting in the corner. And the Holy Spirit goes, you need to go and talk to that man. So I walk up to this man. And I just feel this boldness come over me. And usually I'm pretty, um, mind my own business. I'm not going to talk or step out of my box. If you see me at the grocery store, I'm probably the person that puts their head down and just keeps walking. Because I just... (laughs) like to mind my own business, but I feel like I'm supposed to go and talk to this man. So I go up to this man, and I say, hi. I, and I explain who I am and what I'm doing, and I'm with this missions organization, and he asks if I am Mormon, and I say, no, I'm Christian. And so we begin to talk, and I say, I just feel like I was supposed to come and pray with you. And this man looks at me and goes, my daughter was diagnosed with cancer yesterday and is about to start chemo and is going to have to have a mastectomy and just begins to open up to me about just the pain that his family is in and that he he's not close with his daughter and this just, it, it, I called him like biker Santa, just tough, older, white-haired man and I am just standing there in awe and thinking, Holy Spirit, wow, you want to use me to talk to others about the love of Jesus. And I feel all of a sudden just like I'm supposed to pray with such a boldness. And, and this encounter with the Holy Spirit, to be honest, I don't even remember what I prayed because it was so the Holy Spirit just using me as a vessel to speak to this man. And I don't know what happened to the man, and I don't know what happened to his daughter, but I know that the love of Jesus was shared that night. And I know that by simply saying yes to what the Holy Spirit wanted to do, the truth of who Jesus is, and that he is a healer, and that he loved that man's daughter, was shared that night. And it was simply going, Holy Spirit, yes. Yes, I'll go where you send me. Yes, I'll do what you tell me. It's a simple yes. And he's so faithful to show up and to begin to work through us. So that's the first thing is we receive the Spirit and we have these encounters and we should be pursuing this. The second thing of living an Acts-filled life is we give what we have. Acts 3, 1 through 7 is this. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. So we have this man who has been laid at this 
gate over and over and over again. He's probably given up hope on any sort of healing, on any sort of doctor helping him out. So all he knows to do at this point is to ask for money because it's at this point, it's just survival. This man just wants to survive. This man just wants to get by. And what he thinks he needs to get by is alms or is money. So Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And this man fixes his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but I do, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And He took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. So we have this scripture, and we have this man who is absolutely just desperate. Just what he thinks he needs, though, is this money, right? He's sitting at this gate, and he is begging over and over and over again, I need money. This is what I need more than anything else, and I'm desperate for it because it's the only thing that's going to help me survive. And so he has Peter and John walk up to him, and they go, we have no silver or gold for you. We have not that, but what we, they did have, they gave to him. And what they gave to him was Jesus. 2,000 years ago, what that world needed was Jesus. And today, where we're living at, What this world thinks they need is maybe money, or maybe it's love, or maybe it's healing, or all of these things. But what they really need in a broken and lost world is the truth of God in their lives. And here's the amazing part about what happens in this scripture is Peter and John say, rise up and walk, because when we receive Jesus, we receive all that we need. And often, he wants to bring healing to your life, and he wants to bring restoration to your life. But what we truly and ultimately need is him. And this world is going to look at us and say, give us fill in the blank. For this man, it was gold and silver. We just had a ruling in our country about what we think we need, that we need justice and equality, right? These things are happening in our world, but what we really need to be giving is Jesus. It's him. He is the only love that satisfies. He is the only thing that is higher than us. And his ways are right, not ours. And so Peter and John give this man what he really, truly needs, though he had given up on it. I can't imagine sitting there for years upon years thinking, this is my life. And all of a sudden, these two men walk up, and they don't give him what he asks for, but they give him and bring with them healing the thing that he really needed. That's what we have in us. When we receive Christ, we have him and we carry him with us. And, you know, the word to me that came to mind as I was preparing is responsibility. It's our responsibility to give what we have. 
because it's all we have. Money will fade. Fame will fade. All these things will fade. But what we have is him. And it is our responsibility to give him to others. In my own life, I've struggled with this because a lot of times I think I just want to um, love without speaking truth sometimes. So I had this friend that I grew up with, and as we became adults, she went down a path that wasn't a great one. And she had parents who really never told her that they loved her, and she had men that hurt her and broke her heart and told her lies about who she was. And then she turned to drugs. And then it was just down this path that was just spiraling downward. And so I thought, I will be a good friend and just sit there and listen. Or I will be a good friend and just be a shoulder to cry on. And so one day I was just spending time with the Lord, and he reminds me of this woman that I really hadn't talked to in, in a very long time. And he goes, Where, when did you share my truth? When did you share my love for this person? And I was just so convicted because what she really needed was to hear, hey, God loves you, and the way you're living your life isn't what he wants for you. He has more for you. So I feel the Holy Spirit again go, you need to call her up. And I go, oh, I'm not going to do that because it's so scary sometimes. And I think what we think as Christians is we don't want to offend anybody. But in doing that, we give up authority to speak where God has called us to speak. And that's a hard word sometimes to hear. That's hard for me because I don't want to offend people. I don't want to upset people. But... The gospel is offensive to those who don't want to hear it. The gospel was offensive when Jesus was sharing it. So how could it not be offensive sometimes when I share it? I'm to look like him. I'm to walk like him. And he offended people sometimes. But it's okay because we're sharing the love of Jesus with it. Right? It's out of love that we do this. So I call this woman up. And I begin to tell her, hey, the life you're living isn't the life God wants for you. And at first she's like, what? And is frustrated with me. But I begin to tell her, there is a God that is so jealous for you and that is after your heart and that would send me to call you up after months of not talking because he is extravagantly in love with you and he doesn't want this life for you. She begins to weep, and I begin to cry because when other people start crying, I cry. And so we're on the phone, and I realize, how much sooner could I have done this? How much earlier could I have shared God's love with this person, and it would have mattered? Now, yes, I think that we sometimes do just need to love through our actions, and by no means am I condemning anyone who's doing that, but I also think there's a time and a place to truly open our mouths and share what God's truth really is. We are to give what we have, and we have his truth. And the third thing, to live this Axfield life, I wanted to focus on what we gain through the Spirit. When we begin to walk this out, when we begin to trust and take these steps of, yes, Holy Spirit, I will go where you send me, we get these amazing encounters and these amazing gifts. And the first one that we get is we get healing. 
In Acts 3, 8 through 10, after the man that was laid at the beautiful gate, here's the response. Here's what happens after Peter says, rise up. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. So all of a sudden, this man is a testimony, a living testimony of who God is and what he wants. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. When we say yes to the Spirit, it's amazing the attraction that we have. It's amazing the light that shines out of us. And these people now are filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. We have that in us today as well. We have that. And that we are testimonies of what God wants to do. God wants to heal in this church. God wants to touch lives. God wants to touch backs. God wants to touch families. That wasn't just for then. That's for now. That's for us. And we are to grab hold of that truth and begin to pray for those things and seek those things. Because God, as much as he wanted to do that 2015 years ago, God wants to do that right now, today, in your life. God has healing for you. The second thing that we get or we gain through the Spirit is provision. Acts 2, 42 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayer prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. A lot of times provision comes from our brothers and sisters in Christ. God wants to use us. I felt I felt called to bring this up as I was preparing today that maybe it's not money. Maybe you don't have money to give to others, but maybe you have your time. And I felt like this needed to be said for people sitting in this room. Maybe you're called to work in children's church or in youth. And maybe there are Peters and Johns and Esthers that are growing up right now that are called to do great and wonderful things in this world. And maybe you are called to walk alongside them and to lead them and to raise them up and to bring provision in that way into their life. Maybe you are called to that. You don't know the impact you're going to have. And there are children in this church that are going to walk in places that we didn't think could happen and do things that we will look back and go, wow, wow, there's a generation rising up right now that God is going to use in this world. And I want to be a part of that. And I felt like God wanted me to bring that up, that maybe you're sitting here and you go, that's me. I need to join that. I need to join in and begin to work with the youth or with the children or with the little littles. Maybe that's you. And the last thing is boldness. Acts 4, 8 through 12. 
Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him, this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is boldness in what Peter's saying right now because he could lose his life. He's risking everything. In fact, in this scripture, if you go back and read, he has already been put in jail and doesn't decide to leave. He decides to go back and speak again because there's a boldness. There's this passion in him. I have to share what I know. I have to share the love of Jesus. I have to share this truth with anyone who will listen to me. And this is for us Today, we have to be bold in what God is calling us to do. Maybe he's speaking to you right now. Maybe the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart right now. And there's a person in your mind that you go, "Ah, I'm supposed to talk to them. I'm supposed to share the love of Jesus with them. Maybe I felt like there was maybe people in this room that you have children that have walked away and you're terrified. You are terrified to begin to speak about what God has called you to speak about because you're afraid it'll push him away even further. But when the Holy Spirit leads us and prompts us, say yes. Now, it's not all the time. I'm not asking you to go out and stand on tables and shout out the gospel. No, it needs to be led by the Holy Spirit. It needs to be him leading you to do what he's calling you to do. But he's faithful. And when you say yes, He's faithful. So where do I close? Where do I go with this? And I think I close almost all of my messages with saying this, but it's so true. It all comes back to a relationship with Jesus. And it's not just a one-time thing. You got to say yes once, but it's over and over and over because the Israelites didn't live off of yesterday's manna. They had to go and get it every single day. And we have to go to him every single day to live off of what he has for us in today. We must have ongoing encounters with the Spirit and should actively be pursuing those. Church, God wants to do great things in this church. The Holy Spirit wants to break out in this church and wants to begin to heal people and wants to begin to set people free. It is our good Father's desire to do these things for us. He wants us to begin to prophesy to those people on the streets that need to be set free from fill in the blank. He wants to begin to work in us. To live an Axfield life wasn't just for these people in the Bible. No, it's for us today. It's for us. He has this for us. And so we need to begin to seek it out. So pray with me right now and begin to pray this for your own life. Lord, we come to you and we thank you that you are such a good father and that you have good things for us. Holy Spirit, would you come 
and meet us in this place tonight, today, right now, in this moment. Would you come and meet us in this place? If you're at a campus, I pray that the Holy Spirit would begin to speak to you, begin to touch your heart. If you're listening online or through podcasts, Holy Spirit, would you begin to fill these people up? You want us to live acts-filled lives, and it simply starts with saying yes to you. Holy Spirit, we say yes to you, to the things that you have for us. We give you our lives. God, if it's you wanting us to go and speak to our neighbor about Jesus, may we say yes to those things. If it's about going while we're at Costco and praying for someone who has a broken foot, may we say yes to those things. If it's about restoration between marriages and you're calling us to say, I'm sorry, as a first step, may we be willing to say yes to what you're calling us to. May we simply say yes to what you have for us. I thank you. I thank you that you are speaking right now. God, I give you this service. I give you my heart. May we all be saying that right now. Thank you, Lord. In your name, amen.